Welcome back to the hood. This is Chilling Greenbox with Specs Thompson interview. And like always, my co-host is not here. But this time, he tried to get some food with Organic Christie, and that's why he's not here. He just wanted to go like he, he saw her name, thought she knew all the food spots, or whatever, and want to go follow her at the battle. So like, you know, that's where he's at. But uh, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on anyway. Um, uh, hearing. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming on anyway, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, well, yeah, no, no problem, man. Thanks for having me, man. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, my name is John Reef from Concrete Comics, writer creator of Deja Vu. Uh, here to talk some comic books with you, man. Cool, cool. Um, you already did your little brief introduction for people. That was typically my next step. But um, I don't know what part of you know United States you're from, but uh. Do you get a reference of the show, The Green Box? Are you familiar with what that is? No, no, I, I never, I never, I never seen. I'm from Chicago, so uh, born, yeah, yeah, born, yeah, yeah. born and raised right here. Yeah, y'all didn't, y'all didn't have those, but <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, the Green Box is a green electrical boxes. They're normally in front of neighborhoods and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. um, growing up as a kid, you know, we used to hang out around them, you know, talk, chit chat, hang out. Um, for doing interviews, I realized the majority of the time they was uh, around a bus stop area where we go to the bus for the schools. So I guess we mm-hmm. meet there anyway for the bus. So in the afternoons and uh, on the weekends, we meet back up there and hang out and chill. So I developed my show based on that same concept, you know, just hanging out, chilling, you know, talking to other creators because yes, I've sir. been on plenty of um, podcasts when a creator get on and talk for two hours about their project and nobody know who they are or you care mm-hmm. if I support them. So I develop my show so people learn more about the curator so they can get support. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, man. That's important. So I got my show based uh breaking down into four different segments, all like mm-hmm. different questions. Um my first segment is called Breaking It Down. Because mm-hmm. when you chill on the green box, you break things down like concepts, ideas and other stuff with your friends. So this segment I can break your brain down with a couple of icebreaker questions so people know more mm-hmm. about you. All right, let's do it. All right. Um, um, what what is the most dullest movie ever made? Oh, the most dull movie ever made. Uh, the happening, the 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 happening with uh, Mark Wahlberg. Really? It's it's like the movie where absolutely nothing happened. He was just walking around confused for like two and a half hours. So, do you like the the other movie that just like it? Uh, which one? Which one was it? Uh, which one was just like it? I, I want, box, right? No, I well, that's that is like it too. But <laughs> but um, I want to say the mist, but I could be wrong. Oh, the mist. Yeah, the mist. The mist. The mist kind of pissed me off. I mean, at, at the end, I like the ending to it, but but yeah, the mist is another one, and it came out right around the same time too. But mm-hmm. but yeah, for me, the happening is more comedy than than anything when I look back on it. Yeah. Um. Okay, what book had you the most had the most significant impact on you? Book, um, like like novel style book, uh, any kind of book. Uh, let me think. I think the most the one that stuck with me the most was uh, like Beowulf back in, back in the high school days or Paradise Lost. Uh, never heard of Paradise me. Lost. Yeah, so Paradise Lost is. It's it's an interesting book. It's about um it's like the story of Adam and Eve, um, but it's written from Lucifer's perspective. So it's more so like he's the protagonist of the story. So for me it wasn't for me it was just very interesting to see that flip. Uh, you know, growing up in church or whatever the case may be, you hear things one way 
uh, not to take it in a literal sense whatsoever. Uh, but the the way the story is told, it was just kind of dynamic for me. So for me, it kind of opened my eyes for when I got into writing and creating and things like that. That perspective matters, right? Um, and you kind of see it a little bit with kind of like what Marvel is doing, kind of humanizing villains and things like that, like showing their backstories and things of that nature. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, not to compare apples and oranges to what you said, but like um, it's a concept that, you know, I don't know if I created or, you know, whatever. It's called um, anti-villain. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, it's like saying that if, if, if you were looking through somebody else's perspective, you know, they might not have been a villain. Right. Um, key things is that it's like uh, Negan from uh, Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, like, let's say Walking Dead started with Negan, and then Rick, and then he, and then all the stuff still happened. Mm-hmm. And you, you was part of the saviors, and then Rick did that to the satellites and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, you would think Rick the villain. <laughs> right, so, right. You, you like just stuff like that, like uh, who else? Uh, uh, like Do- uh, Doctor Doom and Namor yep. and stuff like that. Yeah, so yep, exactly. So that's all. Kill, like, like Killmonger was was a perfect example of that, right? Like depending on you know yeah. who's like whose shoes you're in, you know who's, a, who's the villain. That's yeah, his birthright. You know, he he right. he was he was deprived of it because of some somebody else did. You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, last question. What is your favorite habit? My favorite habit is I just playing two K. Like that's two K. That, yeah, that, that's gonna that's gonna be like my my greatest pastime. So uh, if I'm not creating or at work or doing something family, that's nine times out of ten what I'm doing. Okay. Um, I talk about things uh this with other creators. It's called a nerd gap. It's like mm-hmm. uh, growing up, you know, you did nerdy stuff. Then all like one part of your life, you know, you just stop. Like I guess you chase yep. girls, playing sports or whatever. <laughs> so growing up, I played 2K. So, you know, I played 2K with Iverson on the cover and all that. So I played them. Mm-hmm. I think the last 2K I played before the new 2K, um, I think when it had like three different Jordans on the cover. That's like last okay. 2K I played. Then, okay. you know, I, that was part of my nerd gap. I didn't play 2K. I tried to get back on 2K, which one it was? I don't know, it was 17 or 18. Man, it's like playing an RPG, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, full-blown full full blown RPG now. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> it, it's incredible. My wife walked in on me one day. I'm, I'm in the Gatorade facility lifting weights and stuff. She's like, what are you doing? I thought you was playing basketball. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, this, I got to lift weights before I can play virtual basketball. You <laughs> yeah, like, the, the game's totally different to me. I was like, man, like I see why everybody be like, man, my my player this this and third. I need a I need a big on my team. I need this like because yeah. <laughs> like y'all spend all this time and money apparently on these oh, characters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, man, I've been playing it for literally twenty five years at this point. Okay, okay. Uh, do you miss the um? We had to use the joysticks to bring them in and, and make the free, yeah, throw. the free throws, right? <laughs> I, I tell guys about that all the time. Like you know, you run across the, the younger guys or people who picked up the game around 15, 16, 17. They don't know the struggles of that whatsoever. Yeah. At the free throw line with Shaq, you press that trigger and it's off. Yeah, all they know, all the they spot. know now is green bean. That's all they know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Um, going to my next segment is called the back issues. You know, um. Uh, being in comics, you know all about back issues, but people who don't, yeah. uh, if you want to know about Kira's origin story, you're going to tell you back issues. Like, if you want to know about uh, the Silver Surfer, his uh, origin story, you're going to tell you back issues. 
So in this mm-hmm. segment, we're going to go into your back issues and find out more about your origin story. Okay. All right. So where are you from and what do you call your hood? I'm from I'm from Chicago, the west side. I grew up in the Austin area, uh, next to like K-Town area. Um, so that's just kind of where I, where I grew up. Uh, as I got older, I just moved further west and things like that. But yeah, so from the from the west side of Chicago. All right. So, uh, well, this will be a leading question to my next question. But uh, so being from Chicago and, and being around my age or whatever. So what rap? Well, I asked this question first. So, do you like music? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what what artist or um song got you liking this, um that genre or got got you into music in general? Um, so like when I grew up, I was heavy into like the R and B side of things. Um, <laughs> instead of instead of the rap, uh, like what got me heavy into rap was Fifty. So like when when he came on on the scene, that's when I dove into it. That was right around the time. Uh, what I think Blueprint, what was the Blueprint Two was out? Maybe I can't quite recall, but you know Jay Z was big, and then Fifty came, and I was like, yeah, that's my guy. And then Kanye dropped shortly after that, right? So they was always kind of head to head, and then Kanye being local, that that got me into like the whole rap rap thing. But uh, R and B was, was where I, was where I was growing up, like Black Street and Next and One Twelve and and all all of that stuff and Usher. No R Kelly. No, no, so no, no, I know he, I know he's obviously local guy too, but no, no, I, just, I just never really, into, I just never really got into the R. Kelly, man. So, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> the uh, one R, the, the the genre you, the genre that you like the most, and the, the yep. guy who does most of the songs from that same genre, he just didn't yep. care for. <laughs> nah, I just didn't care for him. Like Usher was always my number one, um, and then from there it was like the the groups, like I said, like the ones who had a black street. You know, all that, all that type of stuff. Okay. So, um, you you answered my question. I was going to ask you, like, what, what, uh, different people give, uh, different artists, you know, shine from Chicago. And, um, as mm-hmm. you said, you know, you, you pick Kanye West. But, uh, it's always, it's always funny when people think, because, you know, you got the comments, you got the, the brats, you got, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Chief Key, mm-hmm. Kanye West, uh, Lu- Lupe. Lupe, you got all them, but, you know, it's, it just typically, you know, you might get a comment out of them, but mm-hmm. is, isn't it is it gonna be Chief Keith or uh, Kanye every time? It's weird. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if I'm too old for Chief. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't. I never got into the Chief Keith. Uh, I, yeah. Just See, I got way. I got onto Chief Keith because of Kanye West. So right. that's that's all I know. So, so I like. I don't know if I deep dive in Chief Keith, but Mm-hmm. Like, so you know, the, I don't like and whatever they and they say. Oh, he's a voice of the youth in Chicago, all that stuff. Um, in Georgia, in Atlanta, we got um this show called Birthday Bash. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Birthday Bash that same year he's blowing up, and who was it? Ti brought him on stage and get him mm-hmm. the same thing. Like, yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy, third. And then following that, you know, Gucci Mane, some other people was like, man, this kid is really going to blow up. And finally, Rich came, big old album, did all this stuff, and then yep. got on the drugs and just yeah. pissed it out. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I, think, I think for me, since I started, like, you know, I used to sing in the choir as a kid. Then I got into the whole R&B stuff. So I think for me, like, I was, it's easier for me to pick up, you know, the J. Coles, the, the Gambinos, the Lupes, than it is, mm-hmm. like, the more... 
the, the more aggressive music, even though 50 still is like in my in my top five. But like that's that's about it. No, okay. okay. Um, comic books. Uh, what comic yeah. related TV show or comic book got you into comics? Oh, so like early on, um, my uncle was who who like really got me into comic books. Uh, growing up, uh, he used to draw heavily. Like he was an outstanding artist. Um, so he was working on some stuff. He got me into uh, like the X Men and everything like that. X Men, Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, uh, all that good stuff. Growing up, uh, drew my first comic book by hand in like the sixth, seventh grade. Uh, it was something that I was working on called Concrete Jungle. I was trying to get it get get it going like my classmates would 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 pick it up and read it and things like that but of course it was all done by hand so that was like when i first uh figured out it was something that i would want to do uh and then i kind of translated to film and tv as i got a little older so i started doing film projects and things like that as i got into high school and then post post high school uh, but what brought me back uh like you say how you kind of got that gap um, yeah i had that gap like at, once I made it to high school and everything, where I just started writing screenplays and things like that. Uh, but what kind of brought me back was the TV show Arrow. Uh, so okay. that, that was like one of my favorite shows, you know, every week. And then just seeing how that universe expanded and things like that, um, it, it brought like a grittiness to the character that, for me, it was like, you know, obviously Green Arrow is like a Robin Hood ripoff or whatever the case may be, however, however you want to see it. But in the comic books, anytime I saw Green Arrow, he always looked kind of goofy, right? Goofy little yeah, mustache, yeah. little top hat, everything like that. But, uh, you know, like for the first two, I don't know if you watch Arrow, but for like the first two seasons almost, they called him the hood for the, for the most part. Um, so like it was it was a darker set and a darker tone um, and it felt more grounded in reality, um, even though it started to get a little goofy towards the end. But uh, that's what kind of brought me back into it where I was like, okay, I, I enjoy this. I enjoy this style of um, TV. And then, of course, the rise of the MCU and everything like that kind of brought me back into it. So, uh, did you watch Smallville? I didn't watch Smallville. No, I missed the I missed the Smallville piece. Um, I, I've seen clips of it, and it looks kind of goofy. <laughs> so, I was about to say, like, so, <clears throat> I watched Smallville. I was into Smallville. Kind of, kind of the same reason you like Arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, Smallville had... Clark being more grounded, like he literally mm. never wore the outfit. Like he never wore, okay, um, the Superman outfit. He never was called Superboy. None of that stuff. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't you know the same people, and people don't know, you know. And um, right, yeah. when he got in Metropolis, they start calling him the Blur because that's all you see is like a blur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was more grounded and whatever. And in that show, it showed how Arrow really was. Because to me, he was goofy. Like, he just, mm-hmm. like, a guy with a feather in his hat, shoot arrows. You know, yep. I knew who, I knew who Hawkeye was. And I knew right. Hawkeye was, like, about that, about that life. But I never yeah. knew Arrow was. So they had Arrow betrayed as a, uh, like, like, uh, what's his name? Bruce Wayne, like Batman in that right. show. Yeah. But he's he more he was more lighthearted than he was in Arrow. But he was like he had the money, the gadgets, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like that's who he was. Mm-hmm. So I never like I never watched Arrow. I I mean, I okay, never did. I, I watched Flash. The Flash got me into that the whole drama. Mm-hmm. But I never watched Arrow. I, only reason I watched Arrow was to see the little spinoffs, the, the, right, yeah. the match show crossover up. events. And, yeah. yeah, but uh. Yeah, he was real dark in that show, in Arrow. So, like, mm-hmm. I guess it brought the character back to life. But uh, 
even the Flash, you know, I like Flash. I know who the Flash was. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Barry Allen. You know, I like mm-hmm. Wally, I like Wally West. <laughs> yeah, but um, just seeing why people like Barry, that show mm-hmm. helped me see because I was like, okay, Barry is smart and this and that. Versus Wally, yeah. Wally was a cool one. Wally's the one who did the tornado thing and shot shot right. lightning and stuff. That was Wally. Yep. Barry was the one who did ran fast, knew math real good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He, he was the science geek, but uh, he was vulnerable. But see, with Arrow, uh, I, I like that journey because, uh, like in the first few seasons, like he was he was killing people. Like you know, he was he was taking them out. Um, and then he had to decide like what type of hero he wanted to be. So that's that's how. That's that's what really brought me back into it because it was it was like real decisions that he had to make to shape how everybody was going to view him. Okay, okay. Um, any any um uh, any comic books that got you comics? Uh, comic books. Um, so again, early on it was always like the X Men and and things like that. Okay, okay. That was like the biggest thing for me. But then recently, I started uh, getting back into like the. Um, yeah, uh, what what is it called? The New Fifty Two with with, with yeah. the Batman run. Um, so I started there, and then of course that leads up to like Death in the Family and everything like that. Uh, so I would say I I started picking those back up, what like three four years ago, and then that's what kind of got me back to the comic book space. Um, and then I was reading a lot of the Young Avengers and things like that. Uh, just because in my mind I was picturing like where the you know where the MCU was gonna go next and things like that. So I wanted to kind of be be up on that. Of course, the Civil War trade. And, and things like that. Yeah, uh, New Fifty Two is probably where I came back into it. Uh, I keep bringing up Superman a lot. I'm not a Superman fan. That's the crazy part. <laughs> but um, New Fifty Two on Superman, uh, he was a younger Superman versus an older Superman from back in the day. So mm-hmm. um, he didn't have his power like he couldn't fly and all that stuff. And um, he ended up dying or something, and he became Doomsday. That's what okay. triggered me. I was like, oh, he, he became news and they brought back the old Superman to mm-hmm. fight the new super, the new Superman because he was Doomsday. And I thought that was pretty dope mm-hmm. because that's when he came back. He came back with his family, Lois and uh, John Kent. Okay. And, and um, I, mean, I fell in love with John Kent, Kent, that character, you know, him trying to be mm-hmm. a family, like uh, all the Super Sun stuff. Like, I got every book up there, you know. I like the character, like, the dynamic of, like, yeah, this boy, he supposed to be this guy, but he can't do anything. Then his best, right. best friends with Damian Wayne, who's all dark and fruity. <laughs> yep, it <laughs> was a great dynamic. Yeah, um, yeah. No, like for me, the Bat Family is always like my top like comic book group. Mm-hmm. Um, for for years, I always thought like who defends you know the Gotham in the morning time, and <laughs> uh, it was a joke, uh, a bad joke. That was on a, a one of these combo groups that said uh, it was Batman yelling at Peter Parker, I believe. And uh, Peter Parker was like, at least I employ um, black kids. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, I could comment back like, well, you know, uh, Duke and uh, Lucas Fox, you know, they're, they're black. Yeah. Yep. Then somebody commented. Bat was like, yeah, that's true, but Batman only lets them work in the morning time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you're right, because they never at night. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's like uh, that's like the Signal's whole thing, right? Is that he's like the daytime protective guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like, that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, 
you, you know, you said you didn't nerd the nerd gap and whatever. So uh, when did you realize you was a nerd? Man, I think I think you always know, right? I mean, like you kind of you kind of born that way. You try to, but you, you hit that point in your life where you try to be cool, right? So you you like try to suppress it, right? Because yeah, that nerd you know, gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, you tuck that you tuck that aside. So like I was always into the stuff. Um, I mean, that was just that was just that was just who I was, right? That's because I think that's where the cre- creativity really flows. Uh, like when when you embrace when you embrace things that are cool or abstract or geeky or whatever you want to call it. Um, so that was something that was, that was always in me. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, going to my next segment, it's called the hot keys. Um, it's the one meaning term, you know, um, in comics, you know, it's the hot keys are the key issues where a new writer, new artist get on board or a new storyline gets mm-hmm. made into a movie nowadays. And also on music, you know, it'd be buttons on a turntable or keep or, uh, the keyboard where. Uh, a DJ can trigger sounds of songs to get people live, you know, in a party or event. Mm-hmm. So this is a uh, question that you know I asked you ahead of time, and I don't formulate it through this interview, so people can uh, know the highlights of this interview, and they, they can take some away. So with that being said, you know, uh, uh, first you said you did film. I think you're the second and third person from Concrete who who does film. So mm-hmm. what do you do? What do you do in film? Um, so, uh, speaking in the past tense, cause I haven't picked it up recently, but, uh, what have you done it? What have you done in film then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I think my first film project was my first film project. My first film project was, uh, something I did with a program called like after school matters. Um, mm. so we actually, I, I had the opportunity to, to write, um, partially direct in this, um, it's almost like a, a PSA, but it, it was just like a short film project for a uh, PBS. So uh, it ended up, you know, broadcasting on PBS and everything like that, just talking about, you know, the struggles of kids wanting to get to college and things like that. So uh, this was in my junior year of high school, I think is when I did it. Uh, so that was, that was my very first uh, film project that was like on TV and everything. Um, as I got a little older, we did some like some extra work and things like that just to get uh, more immersed into like how a set works and everything like that. And then a friend of mine, um, we actually came together and we had created a, a web series. Uh, we, we ended up filming three episodes of it. We released two episodes, but uh, we, we put it out there. We had a big premiere and everything like that. So we were the writer, creator, directors, actors, everything, gaffers, take whatever you whatever you needed to, to make the film happen. We did all that ourselves down to the editor. Um, so I went to school for like motion picture television and things like that. Um, but it just fed right into like just that that creative aspect of always wanting to, you know, tell a story. Um, so so we put that out on YouTube and, and things like that. So we got some pretty good reviews for what it was at the time. All right, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so transition from film. Uh, what got you creating your comic book? So what got me uh, creating Deja Vu was actually uh, Lyle Ringel. He he's a, he's a, another creator on Concrete Comics, writer of uh, The Watchmen. Um, his, his book ended up in my hands one day and, uh, I thought it was pretty cool to know that, you know, somebody, you know, local was, was writing and, and producing their own comic book. So, um, I had a conversation with him and he was just a complete open book. Uh, he let me know exactly, you know, what steps to take, you know, how he went about the process. He introduced me to Lonzo and Concrete Comics. And, uh, like in that first conversation, he was like, Hey man, if you want to, if you want to, you got an idea, if you want to make it a book, you know, hit up Lonzo and, and let's see where this thing goes. So. Um, he was the one that made it real for me. 
Um, of course, I knew about the format and the medium, um, you know, from the past. And I had something that I had been creating from a, a screen screenwriting standpoint, um, a movie that I had been crafting. Um, so I just transferred that onto the pages of a comic book. <laughs> Uh, did Deja Vu have any relevance to the Concrete Jungle? Uh, no, no. Uh, that that's, that was a completely different story. And actually where Deja Vu started was, was wildly different than where it is right now as well. Uh, but that just goes to like the evolution. It, it originally started off as like, a, if I had to compare it to existing movies, it would be kind of like, um, you know the movie Takers? Yes. So it was like a mix between Takers and like the, the first and second uh, Fast and Furious. So very different um but those were like the that was like the foundation for the story that i crafted to eventually become uh deja vu uh saying the movie names uh and your title deja vu where mm -hmm. does deja vu come from like that his name or that's just the title of the book uh that's that's the title of the book that's his uh i guess that's more so his superhero uh like code name right like like bruce wayne and batman so the character's name is malcolm crown um, and Deja Vu is really just a play on how his powers work because he has powers of precognition. Uh, so he sees things, you know, seconds before they happen. Um, so he's like living things that he's already seen, so to speak, um, during those times of battle or intense situations. So that's what it, that's what the name comes from. Okay. Okay. Uh, you read any milestone comic books? Uh, yeah, well, not. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like I knew about them a long time ago. I uh, just recently picked them up, uh, like when they, you know, reintroduced, like, you know, Static and, and all of that. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, my, well, to get, get where I'm coming from, my favorite ones, well, I knew, like like you, I knew about I knew about them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I didn't know about them. Well, okay, I knew who Static was because TV show. Right. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Doing, being in comics and being black, I find out about Icon. Yep. But everybody else, you know, I don't know who the hell they were. Right. But um, now that relaunch, you know, I found out about uh, well, I knew about hardware because mm -hmm. he was like a rip off of Iron Man to me. Mm -hmm. But uh, now I think he's dope. But <laughs> but my favorite is Blood Syndicate. Like I, oh, like, yeah. Blood Syndicate. That's that's my that's me. But one of the characters, uh, she has the opposite of your character. So. Okay. Uh, I can't think of her name, uh, but she, uh, so let's say we in a, in a battle or whatever and, it, and everybody dies. She can be like, oh, we messed up. And she can go back <laughs> yeah. and, and and say, hey, this happened. What happened? We need to do something different. Yep. Even even in the book, it happened like three or four times. It's like, well, we can't get beat. Let's change it up. <laughs> but it, it, just that brief seconds of information, you know, I, I didn't really think how crucial that would be, you know. In a fight, you know, yeah, for, forward or backwards, just like you know, just three little seconds, yeah, um, yeah. And like for, for me, the powers, like for me, like I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy, but like if I'm walking around, right, you know, especially you know, growing up in certain areas, like you're always assessing what's around you, right, like what's happening. So, like when I'm going through my normal day to day, I'm just thinking, like, okay, even when I'm driving, right, let's keep it simple. Like if you're driving, you say, okay, what if this person's tire blows out and they jump over here, what am I gonna do? Or if that person slams on the brake, what do I need to do with that? So it's, it's more about like that constant perception of what's happening around you. And I thought that would be a pretty cool power set to build off of. Yeah. Um, that got brought to light to me with the Jason Bourne series. Mm -hmm. Did you ever watch that? No, I didn't. So Jason Bourne, you know, he was made into like this government agent weapon, whatever. But right, yeah. he knew 
I don't say he knew how to assess the situation. Just like mm-hmm. you said, like if that happened, he knows how to do it. Like it was, mm-hmm. he never was uh, in a situation where he couldn't handle himself. Like he just the programmer had him so set. He's a, when he got in a fight, he knew he would pick up this pen, bag this person, that that, yep. and jump through this window. He just already knew it's click, click, click. Yep. Like I was like, man, that's crazy. Like the thing like that, but when you program, it's all mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yep. People like the John Wick movies. Uh, yeah. John Wick more like with skill, like okay, he's gonna fight these people and do all that. But Jason Bourne would just like he'd be talking chit chat, but I'll comic books, whatever, and somebody throw a rock at him and he catches a rock, throw it back, and rick rick ricochets off this like hell, like how the hell? Yep. <laughs> like it's like a trigger, it just snap. But yep. um Yeah, yeah, that's when I first started seeing just like that type of power because Growing up, you just know, okay, laser beam, heat vision, you know, super speed. Uh, right, yeah. But it's a whole, like, when I'm writing for my, my books, uh, I try to think the most, like, like, for the generic powers, like, heat vision and strength like that, you know, I give them characters, like, just random names. Like, one character in my book, he's called the Brute, and he's, mm-hmm. just, he's just a hope. It's yeah. basically what it is. Yep. But like characters that matter in my book, like the view, yep. he has the powers of creation. He can create items out of, out of nothingness. The last one mm-hmm. I, I meant it. Or I got another character, uh who's relevant. Uh, damn. Oh, so I got another character, it's like uh like poison ivy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's a play on that and Thor. Because Thor's real name is Thor Odin's son. Right. This guy's name is Middle Gaia's son. He's the middle son of Gaia. And okay. He's just yeah. like a, a plant based person like that. Uh, mm-hmm. um, he is, he's partners with uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, a gardener mm-hmm. who is a, uh, I haven't fleshed out yet, but <clears throat> he got some ties to the mob. So mm-hmm. he used nothing but lawn tools and garden tools. <laughs> To be a uh, 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 hitman. Uh huh. Okay. So yeah, he come with the, the clippers, or the, you know, he will come with the, the weed eater and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's important when you developing those power sets. I mean, because like you said, uh, you know, the the flight, the super speed, the strength, like that's all cool and all, but you know, I, I like something that's a little more, a little more grounded. Um, I think it makes for better uh, villains, right? Because I, I think you get into a, a scaling issue if you if your hero's like too too powerful or overpowered whatever the case may be and i think um i, mean, I think we see it even in, in live tv right now with um like with the mcu i think that's part of the problem that we run into with uh like captain marvel and stuff right like yeah the, the scaling is just off yeah like uh like my main villain well the main villain the story of my book has microwave powers you know okay. yeah so like Thinking about it, like it takes a long time. Like if an astronaut use microwaves and heat something up, it takes a while. Yeah. So you see his his growth and his powers that way because mm-hmm. you don't be scared of nobody with those kind of radiation powers. <laughs> but it can go to a whole different level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. What was your uh inspiration for your character? Um. So my uh my my inspiration for my character from a from an existing character standpoint was like Ultra Instinct Goku, uh Miles Morales and, and Black Panther. Um so again like when you think about the power set, 
that it's kind of like that ultra instinct where you know he's autonomously responding to to threats or attacks or things like that, and he can perceive things faster than you know a, a normal human being could. Um, the Malzahn and Black Panther kick in from like his resources and how his suit works and how his suit protects him and things like that. Um, so just kind of seeing the rise of those characters, you know, over the past few years is kind of uh, where I kind of pluck things from. Um, and then, like, my favorite characters are Batman, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Captain America, um, and, you know, trying to trying to build some of that, uh, that ethical code that, that those characters have um, into mind. Uh, since you named characters, I assume your characters are older character versus a um, um, teenager or a child? Yeah, yeah. He, no, yeah, he's an adult. Uh, he is early thirties. Um, he married already, uh, running, running, a, running a successful business and things like that. Okay. Uh, I ask you this, uh, it seems like a trend for y'all that majority of y'all characters are grown characters of concrete. Is mm-hmm. that a reason behind that or just coincidence? Um, I think it's a coincidence, honestly. Um, unless, unless Lonzo got some bigger vision that uh he hasn't shared with us uh because because like we all came together um independently of each other right like we have our titles and the the concrete brand kind of picks them up um i think a lot of us are just kind of writing from our personal experiences as well um so you look at our our roster a lot of us are um you know adult adults that that live through certain things or seen certain things been inspired by different things um so i think that's i think that's what's driving it and then our stories are mature as well. Uh, like we want to make sure that we, we we tell those mature stories that can appeal to all ages, whether it be people like us that can see themselves in the characters or the younger crowd that has something to aspire to. Okay, okay, that's dope. That's dope. Um, so you say your uncle uh, used to draw. Uh, he's still around. Yeah, yeah. So how he feel about your comic book you got out now? And has he done done any work for you? Yeah, yeah, he 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 enjoys it. Uh, so, like I said, both of us used to draw heavy. Uh, he he is what who inspired me to to get into it. Uh, but drawing is definitely a use it or lose it <laughs> type of skill, especially as yes. we transition yeah. to this uh, digital art age. So when I was first uh, developing the pitch for the book and everything, I hit him up. I was like, you know, hey, young, I need you to draw something for me. And he tried, and he was like. Yeah, we're gonna have to hire somebody. <laughs> 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 we're gonna have to we gotta outsource the thing a little bit. Uh but he's been very supportive of it uh from the very beginning. Uh he's like, Man, I ain't wanna let you down. I was like, nah, like you like the inspiration that you you planted twenty plus years ago, thirty years ago is what got me got me to this point. So um he he's definitely a fan of it. Yeah, that's how it was for me. Like I drew, you know, in high school and whatever I did, uh, you know, draw like the characters, Dragon Ball characters and stuff like that. Yeah, yep. Uh, I think I, I think I, I was drawing, I was drawing. I'm pretty sure I, I did my own manga. It was like a, like a slice of life by these kids in high school. I did that, but uh, I was doing my own story. I had like this long story I, I had written out uh, with little blurts and fan art for that thing. I lost it in like my storage unit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, let me see. About fifteen years later, that's when I started doing my book, and mm-hmm. I, I said, "Well, I can write it and draw it myself." Boy, trying to draw, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's hard because, like, like you say, you said, like, lose or lose it as well. But then, you know, you getting your, you you're getting it back a little bit. And then you see somebody else work online, you be like. 
damn, like, <laughs> yeah. like then you like so like okay, this took me a, a week to draw this one little thing. Yeah, and you gotta draw what twenty three more pages of the same thing. <laughs> exactly, and you gotta have it done. You try to have it done this too much, you can't do it. And yep. like this, the guy I got now, he can spit out uh two pages a day. Like oh yeah, like, like damn, like. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, let's so, give, give you the money or whatever you it's, got it. it it's incredible man uh, i've been fortunate to build a great team of artists uh mm-hmm. so so they are yeah they're, they're fantastic uh but yeah you, you brought up uh, like drawing goku like that that was the thing right like, when we were young, like, you could draw quality super saiyan like if, if you could do it like you was the man that, that also reminds me i used to go on um and they don't do this no more but i used to be able to go to nba.com and like you could print like coloring pages of like the characters and stuff, uh, not characters, but the players. Like you could go to the Sixers website and print out coloring pages, and like that's where I would learn how to draw like basketball wow. and stuff like that. Dang. So yeah, that that was uh, that took me back. See, all it, all I did was uh, you know, hit up Google and type in uh, Goku Super Saiyan 100. <laughs> <laughs> and wait, see, I I can draw the Batman, Superman, Spider Man, all that, but. It was so, it was easy. It like the anime character was so easy for me because I found out they are symmetric. So, yeah. like, if you can get that, that little triangle face good, yep. then the hair just whatever and everything's symmetric. Yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Naruto. Um, when Naruto came out, you know, I was like telling in my, my little nerd face. Mm-hmm. So, I watched the original Naruto. But I, I missed completely shipping it and all that stuff. Like I never watched it. Till this day I still mm-hmm. haven't watched it. Um but when it was big, you know, in middle school or in like freshman year high school, um, they were like, Hey, can you draw this for me? I'm like, Yeah. Draw it for him, mm-hmm. somebody slide me five, ten, fifteen bucks, draw a picture. I'm like, it's easy money. <laughs> <laughs> like it was uh, Naruto and um uh, full metal alchemist. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, I tried drawing, uh, I don't know if you remember Zoids. Remember that? Uh, nah, let me, let me see. I, I might, I might if I see it. Yeah, uh, Zoids, I tried, I tried drawing Zoids and Gundam. But it was Gundam, so yeah. much, it was so much detail in them, but people still eat rock with it, though. I was like, man, it's so much to do. But, um, Zoids was a, was a thing because, you know, they were like, I don't know. Like mechanical animals, then they can, yep. you can put like oh, yeah. the guns and stuff on them. I was like, yep. yeah, yeah, but I see, I, yep, I know what you're talking about, yeah, but stuff like that, like that was easy. But then I hear Nerd Gap, and they ain't come back until I want to say Dragon Ball Battle of the Gods when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not that, Attack on Titan, okay, that brought, brought me back. I was like, I know Dragon Ball. Better got for, for sure because I was like, man, they still making Dragon Ball Z stuff. Yeah, and um, yeah. that got me. But uh, I don't know who exactly got me in Attack on Titan. I think the seeing people keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it, and I watched it. And when I watched it, I think season one was already done, so I binge watched it. And it's mm-hmm. kind of slow at first, then it crunk up, and I was like. When the anime get like this, like like they, they mess the stuff up on this one, yeah. So. Yeah, and that's and that's why I hadn't got into yet. Uh, I, I've heard of like that, the Death Notes and Bleach and all that, but I I haven't gotten into those just yet. Um, I kind 
I, I watch it like Attack on Titan just came back out and I'm going to finish it up. And, but like people are now just going on Punch Road just watching whatever. Um, yeah. Like, I was trying to go down back in that rabbit hole and do stuff like that. But like I really lost my love for it this year. Um, it's another event in Atlanta called MomoCon. Okay. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I went to that and that made me not like anime like I used to, which should have really? been obvious. Yeah. Right. So by going there, I realized that anime is not for us. When I mean us, I mean black people. It's not mm. for us, period. Because yeah. um, it's so much Asian stuff yep. in anime and how carefree it is. It just don't mesh with with like culture, and mm-hmm. even like I cosplay when my girl go there at all, and I wasn't about to wear a wig. She wore a wig for her character, but I was not wearing a wig. I said, if I'm black, I could be a black person's character and have my hair out. Right. Yeah. But I was a, to make the story even better. I was the only one of that character at event period. Like people made mm-hmm. a big deal about. It. We was like the only two, only two. And we met one more guy who would be in that anime group with us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but for that show, nobody did it. And it was a popular show. I was like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But we didn't get that much highlights because we were black. And I didn't have my wig, that wig on. I had my hair yeah. on. But it still was reminiscent of that character. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like, it's not for us. Like, we have to search for that black character in anime to be that black character. But yep. if you if you dive deep into that black character, that's not even a black character, and that's probably a dark skinned Asian. It's not even a black mm-hmm. character. The black yep. characters that are black in the in, in anime or manga is the ones with like monkeys and big lips and look goofy. Those are all yeah, the yeah. black characters. These yeah. cool ones, no, they just dark skinned mm-hmm. Asians because <laughs> that's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I think in uh, in their culture, darker skin are more like um, the hard workers, just like you know, I guess in white people culture like mm-hmm. people who work more hard in the field and stuff like that they got a darker skin tone right and yeah. um and evil as well um mm-hmm. and you know they say goku black they don't call him because he black he's, he's a black versus goku but black means evil so that's what they right. darker skin so people don't realize that and i'm like wow um then going to comics we should embrace comics more because comics are more our culture a they're yeah. american and b there are black characters in there, even though yep. they might be the sidekicks or whatever, but that is a black character and it supposed to represent you, even though they could be one super extreme right. stereotype. <laughs> you still know, okay, yeah, you know, you know Falcon, you know he's black. Okay, you yep. know Black Lightning, yeah, you know they're black. They might say, you know, what's up, dog, and all kind of crazy <laughs> stuff, but, you know, that's supposed to be for you. Right, yeah. And, um, and I so that made me appreciate American comics and made me see that American comics is really American fantasy. Yeah. Like uh, you know, uh Europe they got dragons and knights and stuff and Asia got the, the ninjas and, and samurai and stuff like that. And um mm-hmm. Americans we got the cowboy stuff and the and the superhero stuff. That you know, that's American fantasy. So yep. it made me appreciate that more and and when people talk about the superhero fatigue and stuff like that, I'm like, no, nah, we you don't have yeah, we just getting, we just getting started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's, yeah. Now people embracing our culture. We, it, yep. 
we went through the ninja stuff, went through the night stuff, the wizards and all that stuff. And now it's America time to showcase, you know, their, their fans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what else I got for you? Uh, what's your, what's your long-term goals or dream goals for your character? Uh, so the, the, the dream goal for me is to transition it into animation, film, TV, whatever, whatever that looks like. Uh, obviously we've seen, we've seen a lot of, works like this get converted to live action um just being able to to reach that broader audience with the story is is my is my ultimate goal um animation is probably the first place to start um and then from there branch off into into more um but i got plans of action figures and and halloween costumes and you know just just things to to further the brand and and um you know like you said let people know that this this is for us this is for our culture um, you know, so that kids can look up to this character and inspire to, to, to be, you know, be like Malcolm Crown when they grow up. Um, how many issues do you have planned? Uh, so right now the current plan is for 18 issues. Uh, each arc is six issues. Um, so I'm at the halfway point of my first arc. Um, and I have at least 18 planned out. Um, but that may, that may grow as we get deeper into it. All right. Why, why, so let's say it don't grow. Why mm-hmm. stop at eighteen? Well, so when I, uh, so when I first signed up with Concrete Comics, uh, you know, kind of you kind of go through the ringer of uh, you know your pitch and everything like that. One of the questions that was asked to me is, "Do I know how it ends?" Um, and I do. I have a very clear ending for the character, whenever that may be. Um, so how I have it mapped out right now is this first arc is the Fear the Reaper arc. The second arc is a continuation of this. Um, and then it may grow from there, but I'm essentially reserving that third arc as the final arc for the character should we get there. So um, that's why it's three right now is because I already have concrete plans for one, concrete plans for two, and then that third is going to be the final arc no matter what. So even if it gets pushed, you know, ten years down the road, um, that's what that's what the end, end game is for the character. All right, um, so it's, it's a tentative three, I guess. I guess you could look at it that way. Anything, so if you complete this story, do you have other stories after this, or no? Uh, you mean, like, for other characters and such? Yeah. Uh, not not at the moment. Uh, so, and that's why I say that, that third arc is tentative, right? Uh, because right now I want to continue to fully invest in, in this character and, and push this character as far as I need to. Because uh, it's really going to be, like, a journey for him um, in terms of what type of a hero he wants to be, how he shapes the world around him and how he protects the people that he loves. Uh, what makes him different than a stereotypical, you know, street level or, or super, save, save him superhero? Yeah, um, so, because a lot of times when you think about street level heroes, it's like, you know, like your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and things like that, right? Uh, he isn't necessarily dealing with, you know, robbers or muggers in the alley. Like, that's he's not a vigilante where he's, you know, punching in at night and, and hitting the streets. Um, that's why the suit design was important to me. So um, you'll notice it, it's brightly colored, right? Like it's a light, it's a light gray, it's blue, it's neon greens. You know, we want people to see him uh, as a hero. So he's more akin to like that Captain that Captain America, where you see him out outside in the daylight, you see him at night, like he's fighting higher level threats. Um, so that's what kind of separates him from that street level, where it's not muggers in the alley. Uh, like he's going after greater threats um, that present themselves. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, I think that's all I got. Um, 
And you, your third issue is on the way, or your second issue is on the way? So technically, my second issue is on the way. So I have my issue zero, which is available um, as a free read on ConcreteComics.com. Um, so that, that's been out uh, for over a year now. Uh, issue one came out uh, in March of this year, and my issue two um, is launched right now. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. All issue right. three and issue four are in development. All right, that's dope. All right, let's go to my last segment, and it's called um, Diving, we're Digging in the Crates. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, uh, Devil Made in the Term, once again. So, in, in music, you know, you, you dive into the old R&B stuff, you know, the 112 and the Black Street and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And comics, you're you going through the same thing. You're going through the, uh, the X-Men, Spider-Man books, you know. So, I think you comb through this uh, interview and pull out some questions. Um, mm -hmm. Just like everybody else in your group, you know, I asked them one generic question and probably hit in with a second question. Um, I'll hit you with mm -hmm. a second question as well. But yep. uh, the main question is, if you're just going to integrate uh, Concrete Comics into, like, uh, the Silver Screen, like uh, DC did with Justice League and Marvel did with uh, the Avengers, how would you integrate them? Uh, you mean integrate the characters on Concrete? Yeah, so, like, you know how uh, Avengers, they hit, it, they hit it first with Iron Man and so on and so on. Then mm -hmm. DC hit it first with... I guess just elite first. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah. so like, um, how would you, how would you do it at, for y'all company? Uh, for us, I mean, uh, man, I think the first the first one would have to be Odina. I think Odina is <laughs> would, would would be the first to 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 hit the screen. Um, I mean, you've got to pay respect to the to the big three, right? Uh, the ones who really kicked it off. So I would I would go Odina, Acolyte, Absolver. Um, and then I would introduce a character like Deja Vu, then the Watchmen, um, and then you go to those more um, otherworldly um, characters like you know the Lunas and the Yesterfates and and things like that. And then towards you know once that's established, then you bring in like the Primates and uh, you know the, the uh, other characters of the brand of base forces. And would you ever do the uh, uh, a team on movie like the Avengers with them? I think it's inevitable. I, I mean, I think when you got all these uh, heroes sharing this shared space, this shared universe, uh, I think then crossovers have to happen. I mean, I think that's what fans not only want, but that's what they expect um, at some point. Um, you just got to get the scaling right, right? Like we talked about, we talked about it before. The threat has to be big enough to warrant bringing all those in. But I think it's also okay to have like separate teams, right? Like if you think about uh, like the Teen Titans, don't really handle starts that the Justice League would handle, right? Um, so I think I think the scaling would have to be right, but you could also segment it to different different teams to handle different threats. All right, uh, bringing that up, I don't know if you read comics though, but that that definitely came up in um, current comics. Yeah, the, with the um, the crisis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fact that Justice League don't do anything, but Titans are more. They do everything. So yeah. yeah. Um and with your uh with your second question, um, you know, being in film and whatnot. Um, so yeah, you already established, you know, concrete comics and whatnot. Um what kind of film would you if you, since you you y'all in the movies already and mm -hmm. he's like, Well, he created Deja Vu, let's give him something else. What yep. what type of movie would you uh want to produce or make? 
No, it's definitely like an action thriller. Uh, that's that's kind of like where I that's that's kind of where I where I reside. I like things that challenge you know your mental a little bit, but also give you that give you that bit of action. So, um, you know, I actually like like the last like Doctor Strange movie or like Inception or you know Bad Boys. So, you know, something that you know challenges your thought processes while also giving you some high quality action sequences and things like that would be pretty dope. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, that's all I got for you, man. Uh, it's been dope. Um, people who listen to this after your Kickstarter ends and whatnot, what can they uh, follow you at and purchase your books? Yeah, so I can be found on all social media platforms as Deja Vu underscore comics. Uh, that's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and also Twitter. Uh, the books can be purchased at ConcreteComics.com. Uh, you just go to our shop link from there um, and issue zero, zero plus. Uh, issue one and issue two will be available um, online. All right. All right. Well, once again, thanks for coming on, man. It's been, it's been cool. All right. That's the end of the interview. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Bro, let me, let what? me. Hey, the view. Hey, you, Spirit. What? I got my what? couple yeah. minutes, man. Let me, let me come get on. Come on, man. Uh, come on. Uh, give it here. Dang. All right, y'all. I only got a little bit of time. You know, y'all check out Concrete Comics. They got real dope stores, real dope heroes and villains y'all check them out man i've been working with them they're doing this thing for the whole set man december man check them out check out the website at concrete commons get their books they got plenty of bundles for you so you can check out all their characters and you know you can check me out too i'm not concrete comics but um, i got some dope books and some dope villains so check me out legacyreview.com buy a book and follow me at legacy review and follow this guy over here laid out. Spec 706. Follow him. He's my co-host. Why not? And you want to be on the show? Next season, because we're almost over this season. Hit us up at chillinthegreenbox at gmail.com. Or hit us up at chillinthegreenbox. Then, I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> that guy. <laughs>